You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Wow. We definitely don't want to transition out of presence. Uh, We never want to leave presence. And this morning is all about Jesus and his presence. And I've got my tissues ready because I'm already feeling the weight of his presence and he undoes me when he comes near. And I I don't want to waste time. We're going to jump right in. There's so much on my heart that's bursting in terms of Jesus. And I, I just can't wait to get it out. Let me read a scripture to start with. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. And I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain, rather than using clever and persuasive speeches. I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. That's in 1 Corinthians 2. You can see that there. It's all about Jesus this morning. It's not about me. It's not about fancy words and what I've learned and how to preach and how to put it together for you to catch on. It's about you having an encounter with the presence of Jesus. It's always always been about that, to be honest. But this morning, more than ever, I feel he's saying, let's, let's do away with playing church. Let's be church. Let's be the bride that he paid his price. He, he, he paid the highest price for with his life. Let's be that church, the spotless one, the lovers of Jesus. Look, let's invite Holy Spirit. He's here. Absolutely, he's here. But let's invite him to dial it up. Let's invite him to presence himself in such a way that it's undeniable. See, he wants your senses awakened to him and his presence and the realms that we talked about of the spirit where Jesus and the Father are so accessible. I'm going to ask you to put your hands out in front of you as an act of faith. Put your hands out in front because we're the church together. We're the church, and it's not just about um, me doing something. It's about us together being with someone. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how we invite you to, to dial it up, to come and increase your presence. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that we can feel you. But would you awaken our senses even this morning? Take a moment to actually lean in and feel, feel him. What are you feeling? What are you sensing? What's he doing right now? What's he saying to you? Because it's not just about me. See, the Bible says in Corinthians that when we come together, you know, we're, we're to bring a psalm, like everyone has a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. What's he telling you? What's he telling you? Let's just, we're just going to hold just for a couple of seconds and just wait. Just wait. What's he saying? See, church isn't about you just receiving. It's about us ministering to one another. Yes, we're in different locations. That's okay. I want you to put into the chat because I have such an expectation that some of you have got words straight away. It might be one word or it might be a feeling. You might feel warmth. You might feel a breeze. You might feel a peace that's just settled on you or a heaviness. Put it into the chat um, and let's have a look and, and look at each other's words. Have a look at what God is speaking to us through us 
the church. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, my heart and our heart here is that we want to see a company of people raised up who are intimate with Jesus, that we become the very move of God. That's what he's called us to. That's what he's called us to be. A radical people. Yes, it's a radical Jesus, but he, a radical Jesus requires a radical people, right, who are so encountered and so transformed by the love of a radical God. Wow, that we look like him. We begin to look like him. Some of the words coming through, I just want to read those and acknowledge those because I'm not going to ask something and then just ignore them. Yes, you can all have a look, but let me say them out loud. You know, drink. Dylan's saying drink. Yeah, let's drink this morning. His presence is here. Rivers of living water are here. Drink of his presence. Drink of the Holy Spirit. You'll never thirst again. I love that. Elodie's saying it's an invitation to the table with the Father today. That's beautiful. Come and feast at the table. Don't hold back. There's enough. There's more than enough at that table. Keep those words coming. Keep it coming. It may be what you're feeling. See, what you're feeling might be what someone else needs, exactly what they need right now for their breakthrough, their healing, for them to encounter Jesus. That's so beautiful. So beautiful. Let's not play church, hey? Let's not play church. Let's be church this morning. Oh, Simon, you've got a, a drawing us to him. Um, the Alfonso Neils are saying we feel peace and a warmth and a weight that has settled on them. See, that's accessible to all of us. That's amazing. Jesus, uh, Matt says, Jesus says, let the little children come. Let's be like children this morning. Come to him. Don't, don't stop. Don't stop people from being childlike. Come. Come to him. Amazing. Amazing. Keep those coming or share them with those around you. Wow. Like Matt said, I have the privilege, the honour of kickstarting this radical series, this radical Jesus series. Uh, I love it. My heart and my message, just like Paul, is not to come to you with fancy words, catchy phrases, like I said, but to provoke in you or awaken in you a ravenous hunger to intimately know Jesus, that you would be so stirred to be with him that you would do whatever it takes to do just that. And my prayer is, Leanna prayed this, that this message in this series goes beyond words. It goes beyond, you know, the religious thing, the doing a series thing, um, just activity. But it drives us to his presence like never before. There was a musician in the, the 70s and early 80s that I learned about much later on. And um, his name was Keith Green. Many of you might have heard of him or know of him. And I, I've heard some of his stuff and the message in his music, and I believe he carried a mantle just like John the Baptist. His mission, when you listen to what he sang and what he wrote and what he said, his mission was to call the church to wake up, to repent, to come back to fiery love, that there was no compromise and all in church. He said this, loving him is to be our cause. Loving Jesus is to be our cause. He can take care of a lot of other causes without us, but he can't make us love him with all our heart. See, that's the work we must do. Anything else is an imitation. Well, so today let me talk about this radical Jesus. 
radical Jesus, this radical, radical, amazing Jesus. He is. Let's let's go. All right. And I need to read this because I wrote this, but I, I love it and I want to get it. The table turner. This is our Jesus, right? I want you to catch this. The table turner, the miracle worker, the demon deliverer, the food multiplier, the storm stopper. That's our Jesus. He walked on water. He healed the sick. He ate with sinners. He stopped for the one and he stopped for the crowds. That's Jesus. Demons and the religious were confronted by him. The broken, shamed, outcast and lost were found and restored by him. That's our Jesus. And everything he did is an invitation and permission for us to walk in. And so being the number one sort of kickoff for Radical Jesus, the, the name of this, this preach really is, as he is in this world, so are we. As he is in this world, so are we. 1 John 4, 17, that's found in. So he's love. We get to be love. He's a son. Now we are sons and daughters. He went around doing good, so we get to go about doing good. It's in our DNA. He was a friend of sinners. Now we get to be friends of sinners. He destroyed the works of the devil. And we get to do the same. Yes, I love that one. Woo he revealed the Father and connected people into relationship with him. And now we too are called to connect people to the Father. You see, Jesus did what the Father did and said what the Father said. And guess what? Now we're called to do the same. He demonstrated the kingdom. He demonstrated the kingdom in power. He cast out demons. He healed the sick. I mean, he preached the gospel of good news and repentance and performed signs, wonders, and miracles. That was normal. We call it radical. This is biblically normal. This is what Jesus did. And now we're, to, we're commissioned to, to do the same. We are called to be kingdom releases. The kingdom is at hand. I said it last week. It's at hand. Whose hand is it at now? It's at yours. It's at mine. The kingdom is right here. It's at hand. As he is in this world, so are we. I want you to say that right now. As he is in this world, so am I. Woo! Yes. My heart for this series is that you'll be captivated and fascinated with Jesus, that you'll be stirred and convicted, that first love will be awakened in you that you'll not be satisfied with anything less than Jesus, that the world would lose its appeal. There's so much in the world that's noisy, that's trying to grab us, that wants our attention, and so much of our flesh uh, wants it, to, if we're honest, is drawn to that. But I'm praying that through this series today and through this series, that stuff's going to be cut off. It's going to fall away. It's going to fade away into significance as we look in Jesus. The things of the earth will grow strangely dim. That's supernatural. I pray that that happens to each one of us that we won't be satisfied with anything other than Jesus. The invitation to behold him, I pray that that would overwhelm you more than anything else, that you would feel compelled to be with him and then be like him. It's time for the church to come back to the bridegroom. I hear in the spirit, I can't, I've been hearing it for the last couple of weeks, it's callback time. He's saying it's callback time. Come back to first love. You know, there's a song that I remember from, from years back, way back when my parents first got saved and I was like 10, nine years old actually. And they went 
they, they felt this drawing to church and the only church they knew was the Catholic church. And um, in the Catholic church, there was a song that, that was sung. And for some reason, I've remembered it all these years, but it's a beautiful song. And it, it said this, come back to me. It was God speaking. It was a prophetic song, really. He said, come back to me with all your heart. Don't let fear keep us apart. I really feel that's for someone specifically. Come back to him. Let fear just go in Jesus' name, that his love would encounter you this morning and you would come back with all your heart, with all your heart. It's all in. It's all in. He is the lamb that was slain for you and me. Does that move you? You know, one day I was driving to the supermarket and I looked down. I was having a moment with the Holy Spirit. And I looked out and there was on a number plate it said lamb and it just... It just undid me. I just began weeping, thinking, how can I shop the lamb, the lamb of God who gave his life for us? Let that move you. I mean, we can be so deeply known by Jesus and we can so deeply know him. This morning's an invitation into that. And you you might be thinking, why am I going on about this? Um, How do I do this? How do we be like Jesus? Well, before we can be like him, we must become captivated by him. We must become captivated by him. Lord, captivate us, captivate us. When the how becomes a who, we begin to abide. And the secret is in abiding. And then we begin to look like Jesus. So let me read some things about this Jesus, about who Jesus is. And sometimes, Liana, you even said it today, um, sometimes we diminish Jesus. We make him this little Jesus, you know, he's my personal saviour. Well, actually, no, that's not even biblical. And I know why that's said. Yes, we have to have a personal relationship with him. But he's not little. He's not this little thing that comes and serves me. He is the king of all kings. And I want us to be gripped again with the majesty and the magnitude of who this Jesus is that we want to become like, that we've surrendered our lives to. He is the great shepherd. He is the great pastor. He is the lamb of God. He is victorious over death and hell. He is mighty. He is risen. I'm going to get excited. I'm moving around. I'm sorry, but come on. He is king. Not only king, he's king of all kings. He is the well, the wellspring of life. He is the light. He is the good news. He's victorious over death and hell. He is the lamb of God. He is mighty. He is risen. Jesus, he's the point of all scriptures. He's the living word. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is the name above all names. He is the Father's will. You know, he's also the mercy seat. If you need mercy and grace, come running to him this morning. He is the mercy seat. He is our life. He is the covenant. He is the lampstand. He is the one who was and is and is to come. He is the Alpha and Omega. That means the beginning and the end. He is our advocate. He is our faith. He is the truth. He is the way. Did you know faith is a person? It's not just a thing out there. It's a person who has a name. It's Jesus. He is the truth. He is the life. Come on. Wow. (laughs) Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Wow. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. He's our authority. He's the son of God. I'm going to keep going. He is the chief cornerstone and the stone that the builders rejected. He is the mighty warrior. He is faithful and true. He is the head of the church. He is our redeemer. He paid for us with his blood. He is the great I am. He is Emmanuel. That means God with us. 
He is heaven's indescribable gift. He is the Lion of Judah. He is the Messiah. He is the Anointed One. I mean, I could go on forever here. Uh, there's, there's not enough words. I mean, he anoints us with, with himself. He is our freedom. You know, who in the sun sets free is free indeed. Step into freedom this morning. It's in Jesus. It's in the encounter of a person who is freedom himself. He is peace. He is hope. He is alive. He's the door. Why don't you barge through that door this morning with first love, with fiery love. Just push the door and go into Jesus. He is the true vine. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting God. And so much more, so much more. May your heart be ripped up so that all you want to do is behold him. That Jesus, that Jesus is with us right now. He's in the room. He's here right now with us, right where you're at. Again, just stop for a moment. We've got to learn to just stop and acknowledge. Stop and sense, stop and feel. Lean in, we sometimes say. Because remember last week we talked about the kingdoms here. It's all around. All we need to do is incline our ear, incline our heart. And he's here. Can you feel him? Can you sense him? Beautiful, beautiful Jesus. You know, we can only reflect Jesus when we've been with Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, give us a revelation of Jesus. Open the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our understanding our natural eyes, our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears to see, to hear, to know so that we can make him known. Amen. We're designed to be image bearers. And most of you know that we were created in the image of the Father, in the image of God, actually Father, Son and Holy Spirit, right from the beginning. We're image bearers. See, we reflect not just what we believe, not just the what, but the who, the who we hang around and the who we behold. So whose image are you bearing? You know, people are actually waiting to see. Who are you? Whose image are you bearing? And demons are actually watching. (laughs) To be like Jesus, we need to be intimate with Jesus. We need to know him intimately. Jesus prayed this prayer in John 17, 15 and 18. He said this, and he's speaking to the Father. He said, I do not ask that you take them, that's us, out of the world. As you sent me, Father, I now send them. This is our mission. We've been commissioned. We've been sent by Jesus. Too many of us are bunkering down, especially in this last couple of years, waiting for Jesus to step in and do something. And I have news for you today. He already did. He already did. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross and he died not only for you and me, but he died as you and me. And then he rose again. That means he rose as you and me, victorious over sin and death. And then he said, it's better that I go. Why? Because I'm sending you a gift, the promise of the Father. It's the Holy Spirit, the wonderful Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one who comes and empowers us and fills us with himself and and, and clothes us with himself so that we can go and do the mission that Jesus has called us to. We can only look like Jesus because he said the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. He's clothed us with power from on high. You see, Jesus finished his mission. He accomplished what the Father sent him to do. And then he says, tag You're it. 
He's the light of the world. Now we're the light of the world. Don't run from darkness. Don't run from the darkness. Don't hide from it. Run to it. You are the light of the world. And the world needs us. The world needs his light. They need Jesus. John 20, 21 says this. Again, he said, again, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He gives us his peace. He gives us himself. Prince of peace comes with us. But go. It's a go message, isn't it? In Matthew 6.10, Jesus taught us to pray. And we've said this a lot. And we love this. He, he modeled it. He said, pray to the Father, Daddy God, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. Well, in the original language, it actually sounds something like a declaration. It's this, kingdom of God come, will of God be done. We get to, as sons and daughters, as image bearers of Jesus, we get to release and enforce the kingdom. Remember, as he is in this world, so are we. So let's have a quick look at what is the kingdom. What is the kingdom? We did talk about it. We've talked you know, a few times about it. Last week, we definitely touched on it. First and foremost, it's the spiritual rule and reign of Jesus. It's where his rulership is. We get to enforce his rulership. The Bible also says it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. So what does that then translate to? What does that look like then in your home, my home, in your neighborhood, in your city or cities? It looks like Jesus being manifested. So what was Jesus? Well, he, how did he demonstrate kingdom? He healed the sick. He said the kingdom's at hand. Now heal the sick. Cast out demons. Cleanse the lepers. You know, that's Christianity 101. So are you walking? This is my question. Are you walking with full confidence and expectation? That Christ in you is the hope of glory? That through you, people are going to be healed and set free? It's shifting atmospheres, shifting atmospheres. All I've talked about that, and I love that it came up this morning, that we're called to be atmosphere shifters. Well, this is how we get to enforce the rule and reign of Jesus. It's shifting atmospheres of chaos, of darkness, of hopelessness, and releasing peace, light, and hope. Jesus is heaven's answer, and there will never be another answer. Amen. He's so good. He's so good. I hope you're feeling stirred, encouraged, excited, uh, that it's beginning to, to whet your appetite, like you, you're wanting more of this Jesus. Acts uh, 4.13, let's have a look at that. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now, Peter and John had literally been arrested. They preached this amazing message because a crowd gathered. Why? Because they healed a lame man. And I love that miracles do that. They open the door for, um, for the gospel. They, they make room for the gospel. So a crowd gathers, they take their moment and they preach with boldness. And they're so just bang. They just go for it and they get arrested because religious spirits don't like hearing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They get arrested, right? And um, it says that the, the council members were, were amazed. They were amazed at these ordinary men, like ordinary men. They recognized that they'd been with Jesus. And I think that's it right there, right there. These were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. That's what it says. They weren't um, trained at all. 
but God uses ordinary people just like you, just like me. The question isn't have you been trained in the scriptures or how much have you been trained? The question is, have you been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus? How did the council know? Like, how did they know they'd been with Jesus? Well, they looked like him. They acted like him. They sounded like him. They probably smelt like him. I mean, they healed a lame man. They boldly preached the kingdom. Sounds like Jesus to me. Uh, they just knew they'd been with Jesus. I want that to be said of me. I mean, God, ta he takes, he loves to do this, right? He takes what's so ordinary, what's so little sometimes, and transforms it into the extraordinary. He, he takes the, you know, the foolish things to confound the wise. I like that because I'm a great candidate. Take me, Jesus. I'm often a fool. Um, so ordinary, just be you, fully you, full of him. Be with Jesus. Now, what would happen? What would happen if each one of us really believed that we had Christ in us, the hope of glory? That's what the Bible says, that he's in us and he is the hope of glory, right? What would it look like? If we really believed that, really believed that, what would it look like in our worlds, in our in our you know spheres? If each one of us really believed that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, right, lives in us, because the Bible says that too. Apparently, He's in me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, lives in me. What would that look like? What would we do? How would we act if we 100% believe that we were dressed? Empowered by Holy Spirit, empowered by him and commissioned then to go into our everywhere to what? Heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, boldly preach repentance, release the kingdom. What if we walked as sons and daughters of God and were partnering with the Holy Spirit to get words of knowledge for people that might even unlock not just them, but whole families, whole tribes, whole cities, whole regions? What if we knew that we had such authority, that we were given authority, but we knew we had it, that we prayed audacious prayers to stop storms or multiply food or walk on water or like we did this morning to see metal disappear or scars disappear? What would that look like? Hey, you know what? I'd say we'd have revival. Yes. I'd say we'd have a move of God. We'd have revival. So what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? I was so challenged by that. The Holy Spirit said to me, what are you waiting for? Maybe revival is waiting on us and not the other way around. Waiting for us to get a revelation of who we are, actually who he is and then who we are. The Bible says that all of creation is groaning. It's groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. It's waiting for us to step up as he is in this world. So are we. So how are you going with representing Jesus in your everywhere? In other words, how are you going representing Jesus to people everywhere in your spheres, in your worlds, in your families, neighborhoods, parks, city? How are you going? We're going to be unpacking this glorious, magnificent, wonderful, radical Jesus in our series. And our heart is that we're going to be transformed into his very image, that each time he's, he's shaping us and shifting us and cutting off stuff and removing the stuff that isn't of him to make us shine with glory, to look like Jesus. Oh, my heart is that in this series, we'll not only fall in love with Jesus and rediscover the awe and wonder of him, but we would get so gripped with a revelation that we are called 
to be like him to everyone in our everywhere, that we would present Jesus to the world around us, undiluted, unpolluted, undiluted Jesus and unpolluted. Take a deep breath. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Uh, he's calling us up. He's calling us up. And he does this and he brings words like this because he's, it's an invitation, like I said, because he knows we can. We can step up into. It doesn't matter how far you feel you've, you've fallen, how, how much sin you think you're entangled in. This morning is a chance to repent. This morning is a chance to step up into holiness. This morning is a chance to say, sorry, Lord, I've actually diluted who you are. I'm sorry, Lord, I've polluted with sin who you are. And this morning is a chance for the Holy Spirit to wash over you and to bring you back into the very image of Jesus, that we get to be the purified, washed, holy, radical lovers of Jesus, the bride that he's called us to be. Say yes to him this morning. Just say yes. Say, that's me. That's me. I need you, Jesus. I repent. I come back, Jesus. How? How do we become like Jesus to the world then? How do we do this? Number one, I've got uh, some headings and then some sub subheadings. They're going to come up. Number one, love Jesus. It all starts with loving Jesus. So A, behold him. Behold him. It seems to be the word that God is on. Behold him. Make time to be with him in the secret place. Some people call that time their devotion time. Or I'm going to do my devotions. You know, devotion isn't a thing that's just a thing we do. We read a little cute scripture. Um, devotions are times that should be deeply intimate, intimate times where we encounter Jesus, where we meet with Jesus. Do you go with an expectation that he's going to be there and you're going to meet with him and he's going to speak to you, minister to you? Uh, he's going to share his secrets with you? Wow, that is, it's so amazing when you start to step into a relationship with Jesus like that. It shifts everything. We shouldn't come out of religious duty. Uh, yes, it's good to put disciplines in place, and God honours that. But our heart's cry should always be, meet me here. Jesus, you said that if I, I drew near, you would draw near. Father, you said you would be in the secret place. So I'm expecting that you'll be here. Out of a discipline, I come because I have an expectation that you will meet me where I'm at. Look into his eyes. Practice seeing him. Look at him. Let his love encounter you. Love him with every part of your being. So what do you do? Some of you are saying, yeah, but I've tried and it's just boring or I just don't feel anything or it's just quiet and there's nothing happening. What do you do if you feel stuck? My top tip today is change the routine up. Get up and do something different. I've said this before in one of our, our live streams, but if you want something you've never had before, you need to do something you've never done before. Shift it up. All of us can get a bit stale. We can keep doing what we've always done and wonder why, why it's a bit stale. Um, where is his presence? Look, sometimes all you have to do is get up and move, like find a different space and pray there. Maybe lay down in that space. Maybe dance before him. Do it. If you've never done it before, do it. It actually breaks off so much when you do that. So much of self breaks off uh, because you feel totally silly and totally self-conscious. But in the moment that you do that, he breaks that stuff off. It's beautiful. What about getting on your knees before him? Change your posture. Like get on your knees. 
or your face. I, I cannot stop getting on my knees in this season before him. I'll sit to pray or to worship and I just keep finding myself on my knees again before him like Mary at his feet. I want to be like Mary at his feet, just loving him. You know, when you change the posture up, you might think, well, that's not, why would that do anything? I honestly know from experience, but I totally believe this, it actually shifts you into an encounter. You step by faith into encounter. Our position or our posture says, I'm expecting you to come. I'm expecting something to happen. I'm desperate for you to meet me here, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. I can't do this anymore without you presencing yourself and making yourself known to me. Your shift of posture then says to Jesus, they mean this. She means this. And I believe that when we do that, our natural self also shifts into a spiritual reality. It's like the whole thing of leaning in. Step in. Step in. The kingdom's not far. Okay, B, spend time with him. So this is under love, Jesus. Spend time with him. It really fits with that. Moses, I love Moses. Moses loved to be with God. He, could, he actually, when everyone else ran away, he would draw into the presence. Be like Moses. Don't run away from his presence. Run into his presence. Moses was always found in his presence. Moses, because he spent time with him, his face shone. It shone with glory. We want to be like Moses where our faces are shining, where people look at us and say, what is it about you? What is that that I see in you? I mean, I've, I've had that where, where you're on the street and you're talking to people, they're just captivated, they're drawn, and you know they're seeing Jesus in you. It's nothing about you in the ordinary. It's nothing about me. There's nothing extraordinary about me. But in the moment where you've been with Jesus and then you step out, people are drawn to that. People respond. I've had people just cry uh, just for no reason because they're, they're suddenly encountering Jesus Christ in me, the hope of glory. C, remain in him. Remain in him. Remain or abide, the, the Bible says. It means to live or to stay or to permanently fix yourself. Have your fixed address in him. John 15, 5 says this. Yes, I am the vine. Jesus is speaking here. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain or live in me and I in them will produce much fruit. We want to produce fruit. This is the key. For apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. I can do nothing apart from him. I'm going to, for time's sake, skip down to seven, but you read this. It's probably up on the screen. Um, seven says this, if you remain in me, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted or given to you. When you produce much fruit, and I love this bit, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples and this brings great glory to my Father. We want to bring glory to the Father. Producing much fruit doesn't come from much activity. And I've been guilty of that. And sometimes as a church, we, we start to get busy. We get so busy. We want to do, do, do because out of the right heart. But actually producing fruit doesn't come out of that place. It comes out of much intimacy. D, get to know him. Get to know him in the word. The word, the Bible, when we say the word, some of you might not know this, it's another word for the Bible. The Bible is amazing. It's alive. It's full of life. It's transformative. But the word should always lead you to the word, Jesus, who is the word, the living word. And I never get sick of reading the Gospels. You should never get sick of reading them. Go over them again and again and again. 
Oh, they're just amazing. You can never get enough of Jesus. Get to know him, what he did, what he said, how he lived, how he walked, what he released, who he sat with, who he ministered to. And read the whole Bible through the lens of Jesus. He loved the Holy Spirit. Make room for him. He is God. He is the one who reveals Jesus. Look, I spoke about him before, uh, so I won't go into this very much, but he, he is like Jesus, but other. He is God, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, see, he's the one who's been sent, right? Because Jesus said, it's better that I go. So I'm sending the Holy Spirit. I'm sending another. That means another, another who is just like me is coming. He's coming to empower you and clothe you with power and fill you so you can do the mission I've called you to. Make room for him. Make room for him. He loves to reveal Jesus and the Father. He loves to speak the words and bring revelation to what you're reading. He's amazing. F, obedience. So how do we how do, we do this? How do we be Jesus? This is under the banner of being Jesus in the world to those around us. Obedience. Do what he says. Obedience unlocks more of his voice. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, Jesus speaking, if you love me, you will keep my commandments or you will do what I say. In other words, you'll listen to what I say and then you'll do what I say. And I found that if you're obedient with the little, he'll trust you with more. He will trust you. He'll trust you with more of his presence, more of his voice, more of his mission. I mean, why would he give us more if we're not doing anything with what he's already said? And some of us are sitting on that where we're like, speak again. He's not speaking anymore. Well, have you done what he told you to do? Someone once said this, if you do a lot with a little, you get to do a lot with a lot. Obedience is actually a love response. It's not a cruel taskmaster who's standing there saying, do what I say. This is a love response. This is our love response. Uh, you know, I won't get into this whole story. You can read it in 1 Samuel. But Samuel was a kid and he'd never heard the voice of God before. And in the night, he hears um, his name called out two times and then he was encouraged by Eli to, to actually on the third time, oh, it could be God, respond, say, here I am. And he says to God, uh, here I am, your servant is listening. You know, the word for listen in the Hebrew there is shema and it actually means to listen with the intention of obeying. I'm not just going to listen. I'm listening because what, what are you asking of me? What would you like me to do? Are you doing what he's asked you to do? You to do. Yes, we have the general mission, but in the general mission, it's a relationship, you see, and he's speaking specifics to us. And he might ask me to do something that he's not asking Leanna to do. Uh, he might ask you something to do, um, get you to do something that, that he's not asking the rest of us. So do what he says. It's walking with the Holy Spirit, keeping in step, listening and going for it. And that's when it becomes an adventure. It actually becomes the best adventure ever. All right, so how do we become like Jesus to the world? I know we're going to wrap this up. We've just gone over love Jesus and all the points under there. And the next one is number two, showcase Jesus. Showcase him. Showcase Jesus. Okay, so under this, I've only got a couple of points. A, display his glory. We were created to showcase Jesus. Image bearers, we're here to showcase Jesus. Not ourselves, not our mission, not our ministry, not our name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. To showcase his glory means, well, first enjoy it, then display it and demonstrate it every day to everyone in everywhere. So what does that mean? You can say, yeah, this is sounding like, how do I do that? What does that mean practically? Because I like to give practical tips and handles here. How do we put his glory on display in a practical real world? It means doing what Jesus did. 
So being moved with compassion. Are you moved with compassion for what you see around you, for your neighbours, for the people in the streets, for what you're hearing on the news? Moved with compassion because when Jesus was moved with compassion, he then did something. Jesus wept. Do you weep over your, your friends? Jesus wept over Lazarus. Lazarus had died. Are we weeping over our friends who are dead to Christ, like dead in their sin? Are we weeping over the situations of sickness on, on our family and friends? Do we weep over our cities like Jesus wept over Jerusalem? That's like being like Jesus. That's demonstrating Jesus. How else can we do it? Pray for the sick. Set people free. Move in signs and wonders. Christianity 101 again. But it also means making some of the hard things to do the right or righteous or holy thing. Making the right choice. Offer your bodies, the Bible says in Romans 12.1, as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. You could be worshipping with us and singing all the songs and yet not doing the right thing. Our life is an act of worship. Jesus sees it all. Come on, let's stop that. Let's come back into alignment. Let's repent and let's be pure and holy and choose the right thing, even if it's the hard thing. Are you making choices that are pleasing to him? Are you keeping your tongue like from gossiping? Are we not gossiping? Uh, again, this is displaying Jesus, right? Showcasing Jesus. This is what it looks like in a real world. No gossiping. It means going out of our way for our neighbours who are in need or, or friends or those who really are desperate. Um, it means telling the truth even when it's hard. It means not snapping back when someone hurts you. <laughs> Wow. It looks like praying for those who are persecuting you. It even looks like praying for those leaders that you don't agree with. It means turning the other cheek. It means not being afraid or intimidated to talk about Jesus, to tell people about Jesus. Because it's not about me, it's about him. It means giving up your rights, your time, your money for the sake of the kingdom. See, we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. Jesus paid for us by his blood in his blood, with his blood, we're not our own anymore. So we don't live for self. It's not living for self, but doing what he asks you to do. Basically, it's living like Jesus lived when he walked on earth. And I'm going to rush through this last bit. Oh, but I know he's at work. I know he's at work. He's doing some heart stuff today. B, have an expectation that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal Jesus through you. This is under showcase Jesus. Have an expectation he wants to use you. Every day the Holy Spirit empowers us to be like Jesus. Invite him to do that. Signs and wonders are the presence of God reaching in and tangibly touching real people in a real world. You know, people are sick of empty words and religious spirits. Actually, I'm sick of that too. The gospel of his name is the power of God unto salvation. No other name. It's the gospel of his name. Are you ashamed of the gospel of his name? Can we say with Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of his name. His name. For the kingdom of God. It's not a matter of talk, Paul says again in 1 Corinthians 4.20, but of power. Let's be those people who just not just talk the talk, but walk the walk, that we see the power of God demonstrated as we speak or the power of God demonstrated and then we speak. It's got to be both. It's got to be both. We need authenticity. People see through the other stuff. People are desperate for an encounter with the living God. They don't always know it, but when you dare to share, Jesus suddenly becomes really real. And I know that because I've seen it again and again. Earlier this year, just a quick story to, to finish up on. 
I, I had a chance to share with a young guy from uni, um, beautiful uni student. He was so open. I, I actually thought he wouldn't be open, and yet he was so open. When I asked him what he knew about Jesus, he said nothing. I have not actually been brought up in, in any of this. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know anything about Jesus. Uh, and so I shared a little bit about him, but really honing in on the fact that Jesus is real. He's here, and he wants to encounter you. He's not a religious figure that's far off. And, you know, this young guy said to me, if Jesus would do that for me, if he'd show himself to me and encounter me, like you said, I will give my life to him. I would never. And then he said, I will never forget that you were the one that told me about him. I mean, wow, that is a privilege that you could be someone to introduce Jesus to somebody. Wow, that's amazing. Um, there was also a guy called Pete. We call him Pete on the street. We met, um, Matt will remember, we were out ministering in Dandenong earlier this year again. And because of bad choices, unfortunate circumstances, had found himself on the street, homeless and desperate. And um, I had the privilege, really, and it is an honour and privilege to, to actually sit with him and talk to him and love on him and hear his story and share Jesus with him. And as, he, as I shared about Jesus, he began to weep. He just began to cry. And I grabbed his hands and I said, do you want to give your life to him? And he, he said, yes. What does that? Who does that? I mean, that's not me. I don't have the power to change anyone's heart, to touch anybody's heart, really. There was nothing I could say in the natural to make him cry. Um, but I knew if I talk to him about Jesus, if I reveal Jesus, then Jesus will come and the Holy Spirit will touch his heart and the Holy Spirit, Spirit will reveal Jesus in tangible ways, not just up here, but here. And that's what happened. And nobody can deny an encounter with Jesus. Oh, see, I thought I had only two. See, change the narrative. Okay, let's be knowing. This is actually important though. So thank you for hanging, hanging around. I know we've gone a bit longer, but change the narrative. Let's be known as those who have been with Jesus, right? As those who are radical like our King Jesus. Those who are busy about our Father's business. As those who would love radically and unapologetically. As those who would give with outrageous generosity. Wow, that Christians would be known to be the most outrageous givers. That would be cool. As those who would run into the darkness to shine the light of the gospel. As those who are willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. Radical, laid down lovers who, are, who love not, not their own lives, their own reputations. Radically surrendered to him. That we would be willing to lay down our lives even for the sake of the gospel. I'm going to end on this quote. I love it. It's by one of our very own, Ethan Pellow. He says, we're Christians. It's what we do. Let's change the narrative. So that becomes the catch cry. It's Christians. It's what they do. It's Christians. It's what we do. What are you known for? Do people know you have been with Jesus? Hey, I'm going to end on that. I'm going to hand back to the guys and they're going to just um, share a little bit more. Bless you. Go and look at Jesus, love Jesus, and be like Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.